how y'all doing? Wonderful. I get the honor of introducing our guests, our family today. Uh, Patrick, thank you for joining our worship team and for being here. Thank you. Yes. Um, Michael. <laughs> I just want you guys to know what a treasure we have um, in the house today. And um, we do feel like just families visiting, which is lovely. But I, I just take advantage when Michael's here um, to just be able to talk to him about God. I know it sounds maybe a little random, but that's what we do. <laughs> we talk about God. But I, I, and I was thinking tonight, why do I enjoy sharing so much with Michael um, when he's here? Because some of the things I experience, I can't really talk about with, you know what I mean? You know, you know what I mean? Not everybody. We can't talk about those things with everybody. Um, but I, I, and I realized tonight why I enjoy talking to him so much about the Lord is because he believes God's not angry. He's not despondent. He's not depressed. And he's not confused. <laughs> So there you go. So I love just talking with Michael about my Lord because, because he thinks that way. And we just have, you know, we can have that fellowship, right, of just sharing what our experiences with our dearest friends. So anyway, thank you, Michael, for being here. And um, bless you. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. Are you glad to be in the house of God? I'm so excited, and I just have to return the favor. I have to say this. I love being here because it's being with people, not just family, but being with people who have chosen the better part. I love that scripture that says, they that chose the better part. Y'all did a decision in your own heart as men and women of God a long time ago that you chose God as the better part. You decided to just love him. And so being around you just settles me because, you know, as you travel the nations, you realize most people are crazy. <laughs> you know, most people need pills before they go to church. They just, you know, just one red, one blue, one yellow, get themselves back with God. But I have to say this to you, my friend. I talk about you continually. Uh, Pastor Deb, I talk about you. I talk about you regularly. And I'll say, this woman of God is a prophet of God. She sits with him. And so I love being around you because there's a lot of things I don't say publicly. Experiences I have with God. And it's normal. <laughs> so when we're sitting and talking, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is how I live. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Dave, I thank God for you because you've made it easy for people to grow. The grace of fathering is that it's easy for those who are willing to learn to grow. Now, those who don't want to grow, it's not easy to be around you because there's a standard that comes out of you. Ryan, I am just thrilled to be getting to spend time more and more because I literally feel like every time I see you, I'm like, this is my brother. 
I'm seeing my brother again. And I feel that in the depths of my heart. But I honor you. There's a level of integrity that sits on you. That God has given you, but you have walked through years to make it your, it's your nature. And it's what allows God to clean houses and purify lives and settle people. And if you like being clean, they like being around you. If they don't want to be clean, they'll never be comfortable with you. (laughs) And I thank God for that because I told God years ago when he called me, I'm going to have clean hands and a clean heart when I meet you. Because if it's not mine, I don't want it. And so I honor that in you because I see that in you. You're a man of integrity and you're a good brother. Desiree, I have to say to you, I just have fallen in love with you all over again. When I first met you, I'm like, I like you because I saw, I literally, first time I met you, I saw a sword in your hand. And the Lord says, people don't know she's got a sword. (laughs) And so I said, okay. And the Lord said, she sees more than she says, but never thinks she doesn't see. So it's an honor to get to know you more and more because you have been graced by God. To really be a watchman over things and people don't even know it yet. You see more than you say, but you see. And so I honor that in you. And it's just a privilege to get to know y'all and spend time with you. It's good to be in this house. I am thrilled. Patrick Adams is here with me. And so Patrick is a man of God and he got to play tonight. And he, when he gets loose on that guitar, he'll make it run to you. Just, you look back and your shoes are on the ground. But I know the Lord spoke a couple of things to him for the house. So come on, share what God gave you. How you guys doing? It's a blessing to be here. It's all, just as Michael says, you guys are family. You guys know how to do community. You guys know how to welcome. I'm always blessed. Every time we get the invitation to come to the mission, I get excited. You know, I love the Bay Area to begin with. I actually, my parents are from Pittsburgh, right around the corner. So I used to come to Pittsburgh every summer for a month to go to San Francisco. So this area to me has always had a place in my home. And I just want to say, you guys, you guys are blessed to be here, blessed to be in this house, blessed to have this leadership leading you. Uh, Pastor Ryan said something as I was packing up the guitar. He said, he's talking about the kids and to be a child in an atmosphere of worship that this house carries, the, the well that's open in this house. And it wasn't until later on in my life. I grew up in a great church, very similar to this. It was a four-square church, a great pastor. And sometimes when you're in the midst of a movement or you're in the midst of things when they're going well, as a little kid, you don't realize when you're in the midst of, of adults in a congregation, they're standing next to you and they're singing, their, their hands are up. When you're in that presence of the Lord, when you're in that worship that's stirred up, that you guys stir up here, that does something to you. That is something that is hard to, to discern as a child. But just as when you raise a child up, they will not depart in the ways of the Lord. When you raise a child in the presence of the Lord, in a spirit of worship, in the spirit of the prophetic, in the spirit of fathering that is in this house, it is something you do not find everywhere. So it wasn't until I was older and realized, I did not realize what I had as a child. Thank God my parents had the discernment to take me to that church. So don't take it lightly where the Lord's planted you. Just believe he's planted you for that purpose. Any, any child here, realize that the Lord is doing a great thing. And sometimes it's hard to know when you're in the midst of it. You're in the midst of a season. And he just wanted to tell you that he is moving in the midst of his people. It says we are the sheep of his pasture. And the Lord has blessed you with the leadership and fathers in this church. You know, 
True pastors and true fathers do not exist in every church. Do you guys realize that? What you guys have does not exist everywhere. I've grown up in the Lord almost since I was a little kid. And it wasn't until you get a little bit of years on, you get a little bit of experience in church, on staff and some things. When you come into a house with a true pastor and a true fathering, that is something that's not easily replaceable. And I want to encourage you guys. We were just talking about the mighty men of God on one of the broadcasts. And you go down Benai and all these guys and their names. And it hit me one time that these guys are in the midst of Scripture. They're in the midst of canon. They were mighty men. But they would not have been in this word had they been not serving a vision, serving another man. The Lord recognized them for all time because of their servitude to David, to a king, to a leader that, that went after God, that pursued the presence of God, that upheld his statutes. So when you're in the midst of a congregation that's pursuing the Lord, know that it's never in vain. When you gather, there's a... There's a if you don't mind me, there's just a sense of unity in this place, especially now that, that, that it's always been there, but it's different, Raoul. There, there's just a, uh, it says, and where there's unity, it says it's that's oil dripping down Aaron's beard. And that oil is dripping in this place today, now. It is here in this place. There is a unity with his people. So many moves of God, we don't realize. I didn't realize it until I came into a place of unity um, in my own church and just with things going on and things getting just turned, just pieces of a puzzle being put together, the Lord moving things that when he put the things in place and there was a unity, there was, there was an anointing there that I didn't know we were missing. There was a freshness of his presence that began to just roll over us. And I want to tell you, it's here and it's here now. The anointing is in this place. The oil is dripping from his beard, and it is pleased the Lord. The Lord is pleased with this house. He is pleased with this house. And I just want to say, you guys are a blessing. I love to be here. I mean, I love the bay, and I love, I love what the Lord has done in this house. And uh, I just want to say thank you for everything, the hospitality. This truly is one of our favorite places to come. So, and it's always a blessing to be on the worship team. And I just want to say thank you, guys. Amen. There's something that will seem very simple, but it's going to really leave something, I think, in mind and in spirit. Earlier, the Lord was speaking to me about the house and about what he's done in this house and the beauty of the house. And he said a phrase to me I'd never heard before. And the Lord said, I want you to understand there's a difference between the cloud and the river. The cloud and the river. That's really what I'm going to talk about tonight. Just that simple phrase, the cloud and the river. When the Lord begins to bring them out and Moses is leading the people out, they're coming out and as they're exiting, they go into entering out from Egypt, going into heading through the desert and they're about to go through the Red Sea and God divides the Red Sea and so it's miracle after miracle and they're being led there's a cloud by day fire by night the cloud is for them they begin to get used to this cloud because the cloud is a representation of the glorious visitation of God the cloud the cloud the cloud shows up and they know that God is on their side there's victory in the camp the cloud is here 
We're not worried about the enemies that are coming against us because the cloud is with us. God has shown us that the king who rides upon the clouds, the Bible says that he rides upon the heavens by his name, Jehovah. He rides, he sits, he's enthroned above us. He is the one who rules. So he is the God of heaven who's now invading earth. The cloud is for us. They get hungry and they want some food and God just decides to blow a different direction and he's got quail in the wind. And it's the first time there's a mass food delivery. God invented Uber Eats and so the food drops off in the middle of the camp and God starts showing them his miraculous intervention. But it was the cloud. When God begins to fight against their enemies, he fights from heaven, it says. And even when God fought with Joshua, fought for Israel, more were destroyed from heaven than were killed by the armies of man. Out of the cloud, God fought for them. Now, what I'm going to talk about is the difference between a prophetic understanding and an apostolic understanding. A prophetic understanding where many of us have been is everything is about the next battle, the next warfare, the next mindset. We're looking for an answer. We're looking for strategies. How do we worship harder? How do we shout louder? How do we go after something more? It's about the next gift, the next blessing, the next breakthrough. That's the mindset where you're living under a cloud. You know God is for you, but you're looking for the next breakthrough because you're still thinking you're not in the land that was promised you. When your mindset is still, you're going after something and your mind is not settled that God already gave you something. You're always on the edge of fighting. You're looking for something to come against you. You're looking for something to stand against you. It's the prophetic mindset that we were given, not prophetic culture, not prophetic mindset, not prophetic scripture. It's the prophetic mind we were handed when we were taught that the prophetic was about fighting. The prophetic in scripture was never about fighting. It was about fathering. When you have a wrong understanding of a thing, your posture in the thing will always be incorrect. The job of the prophets in scripture was always to bring a generation back to God. So God says, when my people have walked away from me, I'm going to raise up prophets to do what? Bring my children back home. So he sends a voice to people so they can become a voice for God to bring his kids back home. No matter how the ministry of the prophet manifested, their assignment was simple. Bring my kids home. I miss my kids. I miss them. Isaiah's assignment, stir them to come back to worship. So I'll encounter you into a glory realm where you will tell them I was in the temple of the Lord's day and I saw the temple shake. And the glory of the Lord filled up the house of God and I looked and saw God's train fill the temple and I heard one angel begin to cry, holy, holy. Suddenly I understood that in worship God revealed himself, bring my children back home. Elijah goes out and says, how long will you halt between two opinions? Do you not understand you were made for God and God is crying for you? Come back home. If God is God, serve him. 
If Baal be God, serve him. In other words, make a decision and come back home. Micah declares, Malachi speaks, Zephaniah and Zechariah all release the word. And all of their words in the culmination of scripture comes down to the simplicity of get my kids back in my presence. So strip away the 32 things that you've learned about being a prophet and the 17 ways to take territory and the 15 ways to conquer giants and the 11 ways to take a mountain and the nine ways to produce gold in your generation and all of that's sweet, but it's garbage because the simplicity of a prophetic nature is your job is to speak for him, not you. And if you speak for him, he only has one assignment and Jesus was manifested in the earth. To bring many sons back to glory. Get my kids back home. The prophet's job is to bring daddy's kids back home. Now, this is important. Because the prophetic nature is always living for the cloud. Where is God going? Clouds. What's he doing today? Cloud. Is he speaking? Is he fighting? Is he warring? Is he standing? Is he touching? Is he fighting? Is he hugging? Is he kicking? Because the prophetic nature is looking for a sign. He says, your generation looks for signs. He says, and that's the problem. He said, if you could study and understand the heaven, if you could read the heavens, you would look for a sign. Wait a minute. If you could look at what God is doing, you would stop asking what he's about to do. So the people who should know what God is doing continually sound confused because it's the people who should say what God is saying who are always asking, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What did the Lord say to you? What are you hearing from God? And we Facebook and Instagram a thousand different words. And the Lord goes, I didn't say none of this. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is going, would you stop putting my name on stuff I never said? I was reading a prophetic word that had been released on uh, someone's page, and I was reading it because someone sent it to me. This is a great word. Read this, and I'm reading it. I got halfway through, and the Lord said, who said that? (laughs) I'm serious. I was reading it in my house. I said, wow, this is a great word. And as I was getting hyped, the Lord said, man, who said that? I said, well, they say you say. He said, me not say. The cloud, the cloud. My mind has been convinced that I have to keep my attention looking for the next thing. Because Because my my soul soul is not at peace believing that he's already done the thing. The cloud versus the river. The Bible makes it clear to us when we get to the New Testament that Jesus begins to declare that The cloud is no longer what you're to follow. 
Jesus never mentioned a cloud anywhere. The only time we hear clouds talked about in the New Testament is when the writer, I believe it's Jude, says, the problem with you all is you've become teachers. You're clouds without water. Oh, the only reference to clouds is you're following clouds and you shouldn't be, or you're acting like a cloud and you have nothing. What becomes clear from Jesus is he says, stop looking for a cloud. Why? Because you're not a cloud. You're a river. And out of your belly shall come rivers of living water. When you have a cloud mentality, the mentality that I'm looking for the next thing God is doing, you're never satisfied with where you are. You're never content in a place he plants you. You'll never build the model he's given you. You'll never walk with the people assigned to your destiny because you're so busy looking up, you can't celebrate what's happening around you. I'm looking for the cloud. What's God doing next? Where is he moving next? You heard what he's doing in those nations. You heard what he's doing in that city. So you can't be happy here because you don't feel like he's moving above you. But I'm not looking for anything new. Whatever he does new, I will agree with it, but I'm not looking for anything else. Whatever he gives me, I'm going to release it, but I'm not crying for some new model. Because I've got a river. I'm amazed at the believers who are asking God for something new when they never did anything with the old. I need a new move of God. You never showed up at the old move of God. <laughs> I mean, we know because we were there. When the move of God was flowing and we were all laid out on the floor and underneath chairs and getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, you were sitting across town going, I don't think that's God. When the move of God had us all laughing in the Holy Ghost, being drunk for weeks at a time, you were across town going, that just sounds too loud. And now that you finally made it in the room, you want to judge the people who've been in the move while you were judging the move. Clouds without water. So the river mentality is, I'm not desperate, I'm not in need, I'm not broken, I'm not without, because a river never feels dry. <laughs> Clouds get dry, rivers don't. When a river gets dry, you don't call it a river, you call it a riverbed. So a river denotes water is present. Jesus said, my father, my father, my father. He's put something inside of you. There is a river of living water. Stop looking for clouds. Let the river out. There's a river. There's a river. There's a river. There's a river. There's a river inside of you. There's a gully washing, dam breaking, 
heaven sent river on the inside of you. There's a deluge, an outpour, a breakout. There is a tsunami in your belly. There's a river. But if the river is in you, it means something supernatural. It means, this is where the change comes, you have to be willing to stop looking and start living. Ah. Stop looking. Start living. How do you start living? You've got to begin, number one, you have to begin to recognize that what's in you needs your permission. Your permission. Have you chosen to believe what's in you is enough? There's a river of life flowing out of me. And it makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and I will be whole life abundantly. Now, you have to choose. Because most of us should be singing, there used to be some water within my well. I heard some wonder stories, but I can't tell. They say the Lord would move, and that was sweet. And I'm just old and dry and incomplete. I hope to God there is a well. Because I just feel just dry as hell. (laughs) So we're sitting around talking about what we don't have. Talking about the revival we wish was here. But there's a river inside of you your conversation denotes your belief system you are river rich you're not rain dry now i'm almost done i'm almost done is this can we get the bible starts with this unique story it says that god makes man and he sets him in the middle of a garden And when God puts Adam in the midst of a garden, there are four rivers. We see that throughout time, every time God really meets them and he's delivering them or he meets Israel in a supernatural way, he meets them at a river. Oh, when he brings them out of bondage, he brings them through the Red Sea. But when he's taking them into the promised land, they cross the Jordan river. So every time God is advancing the nation of Israel into a greater level of dominion, he takes them through a river. Mm. He tells the priest, take the ark, put it on your shoulders and go stand in the river. When they put their feet in the midst of the river, God commands the river to split. So the level of their authority resting at their mind. You got to hold the ark on your shoulders. So when the priests are holding the ark on their shoulders, that means the glory is next to their brain. Oh, so I've got the ark. 
sitting here. So what am I hearing? The hum. The Bible says that the glory of God, they, the rabbis would say it made a sound. There was the hum of the glory of God. It was alive. It was bubbling up. It was buzzing inside of the ark. There was the sound of the living power of God. So when the glory is sitting on your shoulders, it begins to resonate in your ear. So he had to change the sound in the ears of the priest. You've heard wrong information. You thought it was over. You thought it was your work. You thought it was by your hands. But hold this glory next to your brain until your brain begins to think differently. And stand here in unity until I cause the river to open for you. There's a river waiting for you to show up with glory. And when they stood in the river with the glory on their shoulders, God opens to them the Jordan. We go a little bit further, a little bit further. Jesus, this wonder worker, this miracle worker, Jesus needs to have a meeting with the prophetic leadership of his day. So the apostolic voice shows up to talk to the prophetic leadership. So the apostle of the New Testament shows up to talk to the last prophet of the Old Testament. Jesus shows up and the prophet says, Jesus, you are the dude I've been waiting for. You are the dude. You are the dude of all dudes. You are the king of all kings. You're the Lord of all lords. You are the chief sent to change the system. Jesus says, listen, I don't need accolades. I just need you to finish your assignment. What's your assignment? Drop me in the river. They met in a river. So John baptizes Jesus in a river. Jesus goes down into the water. This is so good. This is so good. When Jesus comes up out of the water, heaven is. Ah. So the river on earth was connected to a river There's a river in you that's connected to the river up there. There's a river in you that flows out of the river in him. But if you don't ever make the correlation that if I open up down here, he opens up up there. Now, I know in the spirit realm there's no up and out and all of this, but don't get technical tonight. Just come with a brother. Some of us have learned so much, we just stopped listening. (laughs) Which makes you just smart enough to be dumb. (laughs) Jesus goes into the river, comes out of the river, heaven opens. Jesus now goes to a well. More water. He meets a woman at the well. 
And he begins to talk about my father is looking for worshipers out of your belly, out of your belly. From the beginning of the Bible to the manifestation of the glory of God through Jesus, God meets men at rivers. Then he flips it. Now he doesn't just meet you at a river. He puts a river in you. Ah. Now, everything that God did in Scripture was to fulfill something he'd already begun. So he did this on purpose. God knew that when he met Israel at rivers, he was making a mark. He was writing a story in the spirit of the people because they told the story generation to generation. So over and over, they heard that God met them at a river. Moses was put in a basket and sent down the river. He delivered us by sending the word on the water. He met them at the water and delivered and gave them deliverance. He sent the water and divided it and gave them the promised land. So they had an understanding in the very nature that God meets us at the rivers. Now here comes Jesus. And Jesus comes up out of the river and they have a fresh revelation that God is meeting us again at the river. Why? Because when Jesus came up, John has already declared, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world and they're standing at the river. And God gives Jesus his first disciples at the river. This is so important. Something that we overlook is if the glory of God was revealed to them at the river. And then Jesus says, there is dwelling inside of you a river. He's trying to put into us the knowledge that from the moment you receive the fullness of Christ into you, there is a limitless supply of unbounded power, unstoppable, unconquerable, unbreakable supply of heaven invading earth through you without question, without fail, without limit. There is a river that's been in you, but you have to make the choice. What's your choice? To never again believe you are dry. mindset we've been given is to believe that how I feel emotionally, how I feel culturally, what's going on around me is my truth. Your truth is not what you feel. Your truth is not what you experience. Your truth is what he says. If he says there's a river in me, I'm wet even if I feel dry. If he says there's a river, I'm anointed even if I feel weak. If he says there's a river, I'm blessed even if I feel like the world's falling apart. But I have to believe him. So would you just ask someone beside you, what do you believe? Is there a river in you? Is there a river? Is there a river? Is there a river? Is there a river? Pastor Linda, is that you? Lord Jesus. I kept looking over there at y'all. I thought I know them faces. Is there a river? <laughs> is there a river? You have to decide that the river in you is not controlled by anything around you. 
We know this so much. Oh, man, I promise we're going somewhere good. This is good already, but we're going somewhere good. When you understand how important it is to God to put this revelation in us, Ezekiel has this magnificent vision of a throne. And there's a river that flows out of the throne. The glory of God, the rule of God, the kingdom of God is being witnessed by Ezekiel. As he sees the kingdom of God, the full weight of God's authority, he sees a river. And it's coming from a throne. Oh, a river coming from a throne. And as the river flows out, he looks at this river and he he starts to. How deep is this joker? And he goes and he says he gets ankle deep. And when the water comes up to his ankles, he says, and the water came up to my ankles. That's how it sounded. I promise that's how it sounded. And the water came up to my ankles. So when the water comes up to your ankles, that is a revelation that as you begin to walk with the Holy Spirit, As you step into the river of God, the first thing he begins to do is change your stance. Your nature in God, your name has changed. Your ankles, your ankles represent movement. If your ankle locks up, you can't walk. You can move with your knee messed up, but if the ankle is gone, you're in trouble, baby. So God says you get ankle deep, ankle deep. He's changed your name, who you are, how you stand. You were sinner yesterday but you are righteous today you were in trouble but now you're safe you were cast out but now you're held in he changed your stance in him i'm walking different now i'm in the river i'm walking as a child of god i'm in the river i'm saved the old folks would say i'm saved sanctified and filled with the holy ghost yeah so i'm stepped in the river but now the water goes up to the knee The knee, what is that about? You're now partnering with God to change destiny. This speaks of your prayer life. Prayer is not where you go and tell God all about your problems. Prayer is where you partner with heaven to change history. God has now invited you into a partnership to change history. Now the water of God begins to fill up your prayer life. Now you're not just complaining, but now... Your servant life, your life of being a servant is now saturated with water. What was dry before, where you served before and it was work and you felt always rejected and no one sees you, now it's saturated. Now you serve God and the joy of God breaks loose all around you. Oh, is there water touching your knees? Are you serving out of the place of abundance? Are you serving with joy? Are you serving with gladness? Have you given God everything and you're not telling God what he needs to do for you? Or is the water touching your knees? Or do every time you finish serving, you're in the parking lot complaining? I did everything and the church hadn't done anything for me. Ah, you dry, baby. Ain't no water on them knees. Ain't no water on them knees. Yes. 
You're prophesying, but you're mad at the people you prophesied to. Your knees are dry, your knees are dry, your knees are dry. You're singing every week, but you never sing at home Monday through Friday. You're dry, you're dry, you're dry. Your knees is cracking and popping every time you take a step. Ain't no water. There's no oil in what you do because you have not soaked yourself in him. The water has to go from your ankles. Everybody, when you meet Jesus, when you receive him, he puts water in your walk. That's why there's joy. My life looks new. Everything begins to take on a new perspective. But you have to keep walking into the water. Let that water get up to your knees. Let him saturate your servanthood, your serving life, your desire to be a servant of God. The water goes from the knees up to the loins. The loins. What is that about? It's about the ability to produce fruitfulness. Until the Spirit of God is allowed to invade. Now, loins don't just speak of ability to produce in the natural. It speaks of, uh, I think it was Peter, talking about girding up the loins of your mind. So when loins are mentioned in Scripture, it's talking about the way you think so that you can produce God's way. Until the water of God gets in your thought life, everything you produce will be dry. Because man-made ideas expire with the man who made them. Man-made ideas expire with the man who made them. But a God-birthed idea lives long after they put you in the ground. A God-birthed idea goes beyond you because you did not create it. You simply carried it. A God-birthed idea cannot be killed by men. It cannot be stopped in the earth. It will live beyond those who carried it one generation to another. It will stand up in the midst of oppression. It will prophesy in the midst of trouble. It will outlive the lies of a generation. And at the end, it will say, I was sent by God for my word cannot return to me void. It must accomplish what I sent it to do. So if God has spoken it into you and you produce it, in the earth he'll put enough water that it lives beyond your lifetime oh but you gotta keep walking into the water I'm gonna ask a simple question before I go any further for some in the room who got you out of the river who convinced you to camp out beside what God was doing Instead of swim in what God was doing. Some of us, we have great testimonies of how we used to see and be in what the Lord was doing in some other time. But God didn't stop moving. So who convinced you to leave what he was doing? Some in the room right now, I'm asking a real question. I want you in your heart to say, who was it a husband or wife? Who you kept going deeper in God and you would come home and they kept asking you, why are you acting like this? Why do you have to laugh or lay on the floor or have these encounters with God? Why do you keep talking about more and more and more? Can't you just be satisfied with how it always was? There are some worshipers in the room right now. You're anointed by God to crack heaven open and bring rain down on a generation, but pour water out into nations. 
and somebody convinced you that you being wild on the platform was too much. And so you softened your wildness and quieted your prophetic nature, and you became a great performer. And performance has no power. And so now the river got dammed in. And now you can water some gardens, but you're not soaking nations. Who convinced you to trade your destiny for the applause of people? There are some prophetic voices in this room, some prophets, some prophetic nature, some who may watch now or see this later, who you were called by God from your mother's womb, had encounters with God that shook you to the core. The supernatural would show up for you regularly, and now you can't get a miracle in the room to save your life because you traded power for prestige. You threw the water away. You stepped out of the river. You got on the side of the river and took pictures of the water. And now you tell everyone what God is going to do, but you never do it. Oh, who convinced you to get out of the water? Oh, saints, the hour has come that all of us Old and young, male and female, whatever culture you come from, whatever your denominational background, throw all of that into the garbage can and get in the water. Get in the water. The water's fine. Get in the water. And the Bible says after he understood there was water up to his loins, then there was water to swim in. The water came up here. Water to swim in. What does that mean? There is enough in you that it will carry you the rest of your life. If you let it out. If you let it out. There's enough in you. There's enough. You have enough. You've been given enough. There's more than enough if you jump all the way in. And once you get in, stay in. Because everyone you know eventually will, someone you trust will try to convince you to get out of the water. I was in my house and I'd been in a place of worship for several days. And I'm fairly normal. I really am a normal person. I, I love the Lord. I, I walk, you know, I'm fairly balanced. I, I don't scare folks in Walmart for no reason. I. <laughs> I'm not one of these folks who I think my prophetic nature is supposed to make me just come up behind people and scream and shock them. We do some dumb stuff, just dumb stuff. Just <laughs> That was not the Lord. If you scared somebody and you said you were acting in God, that was not the Lord. He does not terrify people. So before you run up behind somebody and, yeah, and that's the Lord. No, it was, sit your behind down. That is not the Lord. That was you needing to be you publicly. <laughs> I know we don't have honest conversations with people anymore, but I was in a prophetic meeting and somebody ran up behind me and said, yeah, the Lord said, I said, I punch you in your face. I said, the last time somebody scared me, they got hit in the face. I said, don't do that. I said, that's an automatic response when you shock people. I said, 
Oh, Lord. See, some folk don't know. You understand, all right. <laughs> Flash your lights and let me know you in the room, okay? <laughs> I grew up in places you hide behind a door, you going to get shocked. <laughs> Run up on me if you want to. You're going to meet him quicker than you thought you would. <laughs> you're going to see him. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Lord, how'd I get here? You scared that black man. That's what happened to you. (laughs) I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) Y'all don't even know what to do, do you? You just still, should I laugh? Should I not laugh? Is this funny? Is this allowed anymore? (laughs) Oh my God. We've become so scared of people, we can't even enjoy each other anymore. <laughs> so I'm standing in the Lord says to you, I'm in my house, I'm worshiping. I come out of my house and I'm still worshiping. And there was a woman of God who I knew and she said to me, um, I hate when, you know, when people try to get deep. Prophet of the Lord. <laughs> I said, my name's Michael, honey. My name's Michael. Prophet of the Lord, I have a question to ask you. Oh, what is it? What? I just need to talk to you because it seems as though you just spend all of this time with the Lord. Well, I like him. (laughs) Well, I want the Lord just to open up my destiny. And so how much time per day should I spend with him? I said, are you serious? Are you really asking me this question? She said, yes, I want to know how much time per day you spend with the Lord. I want to go home and act like this. I said, well, that's the problem. I don't act. I live here. When you're literally trying to replicate someone else's model, it becomes a performance. Performance is the enemy of success. In God. It's the enemy of success. There's no performance. There's no plan. There are models. Scripture gives you models that you reproduce so that you can receive the power of the principle. But you don't replicate. We don't become clones. And so I'm sitting in this and I simply asked her, do you love him? She said, yes, I love him. I said, then you don't need me to tell you what to do. Go love the Lord. Go love him. The river of God is activated and released simply by spending time loving him. And out of the abundance of your time in God, the river increases. And the river becomes a flood. And people get drawn into your encounter with God as you continue to have encounters with God. But if you're thinking cloud language, then you want to know how long someone spent with God, how many times they were in an encounter with God, where did they go, at what church, what kind of meeting was it, what song were they singing, what musician played, because you're looking for a storm. You're trying to replicate something to give you something instead of realizing it's in you. And the only thing that can open it is you. So how do you open 
you bring your whole world to him. You come before him without resistance or apology. You come before him without mindsets or demands. You come before him and I love you, Lord. I adore you, Lord. I give you my whole life. I say that you are wonderful. You are awesome. You are all I need and all I desire. You are the maker of my life and the giver of my breath and I worship. I worship you. I desire nothing but you. I seek nothing but you. I will serve no one but you. You are everything I'm after. And I adore you, Jesus, my Savior and my King. I adore you, Jesus, my Father and my friend. I adore you, Jesus, the keeper of my soul and the blesser of my heart. I adore you, Jesus. I love you, Lord, with everything in me. And I will serve you with every breath you give me. For you are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are worthy of all praise and exaltation. You were good to me before I knew your name. You were keeping me before I heard your words. And I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I bless your holy name. I adore you, Father. You have been good to me. You are kind and gracious. You are worthy and wonderful. And I adore you, Jesus. I have found no one like you. Oh, Jesus, I bless your name. Oh, I bless your name. For your goodness, I bless you. For your kindness. For your mercy. For your grace. I thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. And if you do nothing else, I thank you. You don't owe me anything. I thank you. I thank you for letting me breathe every day until this moment. I thank you. You don't owe me a car, a house, a platform. I thank you. Calvary was enough for me. Oh, the blood you shed was enough for me. I repent of every thought I had that something belonged to me. I give it all back to you. Every blessing I have was you leaning in my direction. Every good day I've had was you being gracious. Every bad day I survived was your mercy. I thank you. You owe me nothing, sir. I make no demands on you. You owe me nothing, sir. I just thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the covenant of your word. That you are good to keep your promises.
But for all the times when it didn't go the way I thought it should, I let you know now I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Oh, God, I trust you. I'll not charge you like you owe me something. I'll not yell at you like something belongs to me. I'm letting you know right now I trust you. Oh, Jesus. You're good to me. You've been good to us. You've been good to our families. Even when it didn't go the way we thought it should, you were good. I thank you for the sweet years and I thank you for the years of trauma. I thank you for it all. For the losses and for the gain, I thank you. For the tears and for the laughter, I thank you. You've been good through it all. You've been good through it all. Oh, God, we bless you. Oh, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. And you're worthy. Oh, you're worthy. Just right where you are, just out of your own mouth, just start to thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Worthy, you're wonderful. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We don't say it enough. We thank you. For what we understand and what we'll never understand, we thank you. Oh, thank you. I thank you for the days of healing and for the scars that haven't healed yet. I thank you. I thank you for the days of peace and the nights of travail. I thank you. Oh, all of it brought me to your feet. I thank you. You're good. All by yourself, you're good. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. For the times when we've been too proud, where we demanded an answer. God, we repent right now. For the times when we were salty towards you, upset, offended, walking around like spoiled children, we repent right now. For the times when we held back our worship and hid our praise like you didn't deserve it, we repent right now. For the times when we let other people convince us to doubt who we know you really are, we repent right now. You didn't change even if the whole world did. We repent. And we really do love you. We trust you. We return to you with all our hearts. Oh, Lord, we'll not be distracted again. We'll not lose attention or momentum. We've set our faces like flint to follow you. Ah, hey, we'll stand in valleys or on mountains and serve you. Because you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. If you lend me breath, I'll give you service. I promise you that. Oh, if you let me wake up, I'm going to praise you. 
<laughs> the grave can't praise you, but every day you let me rise. I promise you, I'm going to praise you. Before I make it out of my house, you're going to get a hallelujah out of me. I promise you, I'm going to praise you. Oh, I thank you. I bless you. You're worthy. You're wonderful. You're awesome. I magnify your name. Oh, God. Woo. Lord have mercy. I'm sorry. I kind of forgot y'all were here. I'm just, hey. When the doctor said I'd never preach again, I thank you. I'm still serving you. Hey. You're worthy. Oh. When double pneumonia shut me down and they said I should have died in New Zealand, I'm still here. I bless your name. I worship you. You're worthy. You're awesome. You're glorious. I'll never hold back on you. I bless your name. Hey. Oh, God, you're awesome. of Jesus. No name delivers but the name of Jesus. No name heals and we bless your name. Oh God. Ooh. You've got to remember who he is to you. Remember his glory. Remember his goodness. Remember he's awesome. There is a river in you. That if you stir it up every now and then, you will break past all resistance. You don't need nobody laying hands on you. Stir up your river. Hey! Woo. When I think <laughs> of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. God. I worship you. Woo. Ah. My God in heaven. Woo. Hey. 
my, my, my. All you got to do is remember sometimes. Just remember. Just remember. Remember. All of the bad reports you got. And God still healed your body. All of the times when you thought it was over. And he gave you one more day. All the times when you thought this is it. I'll never be blessed again. And yet somehow money found you. Woo! He's proven himself to me. He's revealed he's good. Oh! I buried enough family members that I loved, that I wept beside the caskets. And on the way home, the Lord said, I'm still with you. Oh, yes. In all of our losses, he's still with us. Does it still hurt? Yes. But is he still there? Yes. But you've got to remind yourself. You've got to remind yourself. Because the river never stops. We just forget to live in it. Yeah. Don't leave that river for anybody. Oh, yes. Don't leave that river. Don't leave that river. He is in this room. <laughs> oh, I feel glory. Shorabande hekobasi. Ilamando robo shapai. Shorabando robo sabaye. Ilamandi osepaya. Oh, rabando robo sabaye. Ekareshabande hekobasabaya. Ilamando, so what am I doing? I'm stirring up my river. Stir up yourselves praying in the Holy Ghost. Maker of kingdoms, creator of angels, creator of mankind, holder of the earth. I bless your name. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Ha, ha, ha. Hey. Hey, he's healing already. He's healing. He's healing. Right now, he's healing. Ears come open. Ears come open. Blockages in the ear. Problems hearing. Go now. Oh, Rasi. God's reforming bones in a foot. That arthritis go now. Loose and go. Elamando Rase Yeramandandi Osha Ayesa Problems in an artery in your leg 
it gets numb down in your foot. If you get up and begin to move right now, loose now. Oh, Rashi. God's increasing blood flow in an eye. You haven't been seeing good. It's like stuff floating right now. Begin to move around. God's causing vision to increase. We bless you. Up out of the river of God. Oh. Oh, we bless you. 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 He's bringing back things that we thought we'd lost. We bless you. Ministry be ignited again. We bless you. Prophetic anointing stir up again. We bless you. Gifts of the spirit ignite again. We bless you. Dreams that had gone to sleep arise. We bless you. 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 you. He's breathing on families. I know many of the families in this room, you've got your kids sitting with you. Just put your hands on your children right now and begin to bless them. Bless them, bless them, bless them. God's releasing generational blessing right now. I see it literally sitting. We call unto the next generation the blessing that has sat upon grandparents and great-grandparents, the glory that has sat dormant in families that has not been unlocked. We call it upon this next generation. Release it upon children now, Father. Let nine-year-old and ten-year-old prophesy. Let six and seven begin to hear the word of the Lord. Let 12 and 13 write new songs. Let them see your face and begin to speak the word. Let 16-year-olds begin to create ministry out of the Spirit of God. We declare a visitation of God upon children out of this house into this city. God is about to imprint on children the mark of the Father. worship you we worship you we worship you we worship you oh beautiful savior your face is all we desire we want nothing more than you we need nothing more than you Jesus, would you kiss the face of these children and let them feel your breath. Keep them from all that would try to infect the next generation. Let them see your face. We bless your name. We bless your name. 
wonder. You're a wonder. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, you're here, you're here, you're here. My, my, my. He's a good God. Wow, he's a good God. He's a good God. His presence is just sitting on some of you. Just sitting, just sitting. Just sitting. Oh. Oh. Ah. I'm trying to get out of this. I don't know what. Ah. I need you to just come, come, come here for a minute. Just come. The Lord is going to cause your feet to begin to burn with fire. You're going to stand on platforms and you're going to feel feet come from, you're going to feel fire hit your feet and come up. The Lord said you're going to feel the very glory of God for breakthrough. And you shall begin to sing songs you've never heard in the midst of worship. And it will shatter strongholds that have been over people's lives. And you will sing them into freedom. He covers you in the oil of deliverance. For the generations to come. For those that have not known him. They shall sing their way into freedom. Oh, oh, this dear woman in the pink, yes, ma'am, would you stand? I keep seeing three books above your head, and as the books are flipping, I keep hearing the Lord say, she is a student of education and a doctor of wisdom. And I see all of these books dropping in front of you and you're writing in every one. And the Lord says, you shall become the voice of transformation in education. And you shall become the healer of the minds of children. And you shall speak to them the word of the Lord and it shall rewrite their destiny. For where they have given up on their identity, you shall bring them back. And I see you holding a mirror saying, this is who you are. You are not what they told you. God said he's going to deliver you from the system he sent you into so you can build what was always in your spirit. I see academies. I see schools. I see training centers. And the Lord says he's anointed you to build what others could not finish. And you shall see it happen in the name of the Lord. Does that word make sense to you? Amen. The Lord is with you for this. Oh, Ooh, yes, Lord. 
my sister right here, you've got the flower dress. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I keep seeing right around your heart. I see the finger of God. He keeps touching your heart. And I hear the Lord saying, you're going to become a voice to bring healing to those who have been in deep trauma. And where they have been broken, you shall hold them in your arms and speak over them as a mother would. And so girls, even young boys, but specifically girls who have been through great abuse, physical and sexual abuse and emotional, you shall be. Hmm. And so it shall be that the Lord shall give you strategies on how to heal their minds and their hearts. And God has tied y'all into not just you, but I see your whole family tied into the system of rescuing children. And the Lord has anointed your hands to heal what has been wounded. So the Lord says, even the property that you saw and said, God, if you gave us houses, we would rescue kids. God said, be very sure he's going to give you what you prayed for. Does that word make sense to you? Be sure God's going to lose property to y'all. Oh, he's a wonderful God. He's a mighty God. He's a good God. Sir, would you stand in the blue shirt? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I keep seeing dancing over your head. I keep seeing numbers dancing. And all of a sudden, I saw the numbers and then these different codes. And I hear the Lord saying, I've given him an understanding of codes. Codes to the point it's almost like computer programming or something. But I see these codes dancing around you. And the Lord says, he shall bring an answer that shall bring him money. So God is about to create a new design in your spirit that you're going to sell and bring an answer to a problem. And it's going to create wealth for you. But I also see several other locations where the Lord says they will have problems in those places and call you for wisdom and you shall handle their issues. Not that you shall travel there. They will all call you for help. And God says you shall have the answer that they need and it shall break through. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Woman of God, would you stand up? You've got the right around your head. Mm-hmm. The Lord says you have walked in faithfulness and humility. And because you have walked in faithfulness, specifically concerning family, the Lord says you have been faithful and good even when people did not return to you the monies that belonged to you. Even when people mishandled what was precious to you. The Lord says, so he's now walking around your house and he's recovering to you that which belongs to you. So I see his arm reaching into another location. I literally see God's hand going across the waters and pulling up resources. God's about to give you back inheritance, property that belongs to you. He's going to set it back in your hands. It won't be a fight. Everything that needed to be adjudicated, God said, without a battle in front of a man. He's going to give you back what belongs to you. Does that make sense to you? He's got it covered. God's going to do this for you. Ah, I hear you, Father. Young man in the gap. Yeah, come on, gap stander. You're wearing a shirt that says gap. Now, I didn't even see that until you... But I keep seeing this. When I saw the gap, as I looked over, I said, now. So God says he's made you to be a builder of bridges. That is why he has to now protect your heart. Because you've been a builder of bridges, when everybody destroys what was in your heart to build, it makes you feel like pulling back. And the last few months have been a series of people breaking their word. The Lord says, but he shall cause you to see the fulfillment of your dream." 
God will finish in you what he told you. Now, three things I hear. The Lord says, music is about to encircle you. I see music all around you. I see people with instruments all around you. You're going to bring creativity together. The second thing, yes, you're still going to travel. So what seemed like it was being fought against, God said, you're going to travel. You've got states to go to and nations to visit where you shall take the creativity that's in you and teams shall go with you. The third thing, God says, the contracts that are supposed to come to you, he's going to bring to you and you are going to help people sign contracts to open up money for their future. The Lord says, everything he told you is going to happen. Does that word make sense to you? Get ready to go into your destiny because God's going to give it to you. Oh, he's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful God. Oh, my problem is I'm not trying to see where to say I'm seeing stuff over everybody. I'm trying to figure out where, Lord Jesus. This room is so rich on prophetic glory that it's like all of y'all are pulling saying, look at here now. (laughs) Oh, yes. He's a mighty God. And if you get anything, you better get up. Okay. (laughs) If we in the car and he say, well, I saw this, I'm going to punch him tonight. My brother with the red hat, would you stand up? But the brother right beside him, would you stand? Uh Okay. To the brother in, in the teal shirt, first thing for you, I hear the Lord saying, the season has come that you cannot look back at who has not gone with you. The Lord says, everybody before you up until this point, it was a necessary season, but don't look back at losses anymore. You're about to see the Lord breathe on you because you are the one who shall rescue the broken. I don't know what all that means. I just see you going into places where everyone is broken. And you're throwing them on your shoulder and bringing them out into safety. Like a man would run into a burning building and bring out people who need to be rescued. So you shall bring them out. Sir, with the red hat, I hear this. I hear a trumpet sounding behind you. What I hear is the Lord says, for the time has come, you cannot hide from your destiny. For you're a leader. You're a leader among men. And God has been speaking to you to stir up what was in you. And God is going to restore in you the nature of what he gave you years ago. I see you literally calling young men to come sit together. And God is speaking life to them. Both of you have a strong anointing. But you shall father the fatherless. And the Lord shall do a great work. My sister right there with the green, he's just working down this road. Can you stand up? All around you, I hear the Lord saying, for she has great ideas in me. Now the season has come. She must step out in faith for the next level. There is a business anointing that follows you. And you've got ideas to create wealth. And the Lord says, the time has come now. Step all the way out. Step all the way out. Even when it looks like it's not going to support, step all the way out. God will not let you fail. He's going to multiply what you're about to do, but step all the way out. Do those words make sense to y'all? Okay. We're just working down. One right beside it. Would you stand up? I literally see a light over there, row, so we're just going to walk all the way down. Uh, Oh, now I see who. Okay, I see him at the end. Okay, now. (laughs) 
For you, my sister, I hear this. There are words I see you writing continually. And I literally see poetry and songs, poetry and songs, poetry and songs. And I hear the Lord saying that I've given you more than songs. It's like plays. I see kids coming together and they're acting out their life. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you stages all across the world. And you're going to train kids. You're going to invade high schools. And bring kids to know the Lord. But what I hear is this. The Lord says, but do not let the fear of man stop you any longer. Well, you are anointed for this hour, but fear tried to stop you. Mm. Yes, Papa. And I say to this, all the trauma you've been through is to produce greatness in you now. Don't ever look back again and say, I wish I hadn't gone through that. Because it's going to mess up my future. The Lord says what you're afraid of telling people, it's what's going to open the door for you. Share your whole story. There's no shame in surviving. God is on your side, daughter. God is on your side. My brother, I literally see in front of you, I see the Lord and he's causing a river to split. And what I hear is the season is coming now when you're about to step out into territory you've never been on before. And as God divides the water, the Lord says, do not let your vision be distracted to see what's happening on this side or that side. Walk through the waters. For the Lord is about to open up a place that you've never been in so that you can see the glory of God manifest on your behalf. But the Lord is with you. All the way back to the sister whip. You were sitting there going, how did you miss me? Went all the way down the road and didn't say nothing to me. I literally see you standing before the sun is rising. I see you standing and I see you saying, I need to know that God is going to open another door. The Lord says he's going to cause there to be a breakthrough that shows up just for you. Not that you need one, but for your family. And I see the Lord walking through your family and breaking chains. The Lord says, what has been a noise of confusion is going to become the sound of peace. For the Lord is going to deliver many through you. The second piece I hear is this. I see you literally dancing. I don't know what all that means, but I see you dancing. And as you're dancing, you're calling others to come into the presence of God. The Lord says the creativity he put inside of you is going to create a tornado of response. A whirlwind of response. Something is about to happen in the next two weeks where God is going to open up a connection in social media where your voice is going to echo and your gift is going to shine. And God says, bring them in to an encounter with God. But the Lord is with you to break this wide open. Does that make sense to you? That whole row, he's just with y'all. He's shining on y'all. Amen. Amen. All right. Woo. Oh, Lord, man. I get in this and don't know how to get out of this. Okay. Thank you. Samuel, that's your grandson? Okay. Samuel, okay. Samuel, I keep hearing this. I literally hear a voice behind your ear. God's about to speak to you. Oh, okay. Like a Samuel. God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you. But what I see is this. I see you writing down specific words. As the Lord begins to speak to you, don't feel like you've got to wait on those words. Share what you're hearing. God's going to cause what you hear to become a word in the lives of people. As you share that word, they're going to say, how did you know that? And it's going to be the word of the Lord to you. I keep seeing right, right here. No, not you. She know I'm pointing at her. 
She keeps smiling, but she got her head down. You know your greatest season is coming. There's a whirlwind from God that's chasing you. And I saw the Lord, I was speaking to you earlier, but I saw the Lord lift you up and you were spinning above the house. The Lord says he's going to cause the gifts that are inside of you that have not yet opened to just open and shine. And I don't know what's in your heart, but I see the Lord letting you travel. I see you going off. It's like going around the world. You're about to go and travel and visit places. And the Lord said he's going to meet you in every place you go to. And he's going to cause you to hear his voice and to walk in his presence. But the travel is going to be good. And everybody's going to try to figure out how to go with you. The Lord said everybody can't go with you. And you keep telling folks, y'all ain't coming with me. The Lord said he's going to work it out. Just be ready to go. He's going to work it out. <laughs> oh, I love this. All right. I'm almost done. My sister back here, you got on the fuchsia. The, what? Purple. Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. That's you. That's Oh, no, on the end, on the end, y'all, that same color stay okay. <laughs> I literally saw the hand of the Lord touching your face. And I heard the Lord say, tell my daughter, I'm healing now. I see healing oil running down from your face down into your heart. And the Lord is just causing new healing to come. For the next few days, the Lord is going to let healing rest over you. And he's going to restore and cause peace to just bubble into the deep place of your heart. It's not that you've been sick or in some great battle. It's that you have carried everybody else's pain for them. You're the one who tries to make sure people can survive and go through. You sat by the beds of those who were in trauma. You ran to help those who had no one to help them. I literally see you sitting by the bed of people who were going through pain, even friends who were dying. You kept trying to help. The Lord says he's going to heal you now. As you brought peace to them, he shall bring peace to you. For the Lord is holding you and he's seen you and he shall restore. Does that word make sense to you? Okay. Sir, the hand of the Lord is on you. And I just see the Lord turn the clock back. It's almost as though things that felt lost, God's about to give back to you. And so in that season, you don't have to do anything. Just begin to receive the restoration of what seemed to be lost. But he's going to give you back what time took from you. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Are you getting anything? Okay. I'm, I'm going to stop about there. Because y'all know how it is. You get into this zone, you can just go all night. So, Just because the prophets can prophesy, I don't mean they should. <laughs> the favor of God is on you, my sister. Front row in the blue, you got the fan. The favor of God is on you. I see the Lord's hand coming through the roof of your house. The Lord says, you brought them into your house and you fed them that had no food. And you were a mother to those that had no homes and you covered them. You made them safe when they had nowhere else to go. The Lord says he watched you do it and he is with you. And God is going to cause there to be a healing mantle that falls on you. For the Lord shall cause your life to be full of power. And even when it seems like a bad report could come, it cannot stay. 
For the Lord says, you shall live to be an old, old woman. And you shall lay hands upon them at an old, old age. And you shall tell them, the Lord is on my side. The Lord says, you are a miracle and a miracle worker. A miracle and a miracle worker. Be very sure. Everything that God has promised you shall come to pass. Be very sure. We speak to any negative report that has been given to anyone in this room. We speak to any negative report that sits over family members. And we come against it now and we say we do not receive it. We reject every lie that seemed to be true. And we receive the word of the Lord. We are healed. We are whole. We are strengthened. We are restored. So in Jesus' name, we loose the healing presence of God. Yes. It shall be well. Say, Kevion, I knew it was you. Stand up, Kevion. There's three books at least that God has put in your spirit to write. And I see you writing and the Lord says he had to change your location so that he could change your thoughts about you. I see you writing nonstop. And the Lord says, you've seen these books in your spirit. And you said, what does this mean? And the Lord says, you shall teach and instruct and bring life. Then you shall write and build. You shall build schools for God. You shall go from building schools to help raising up training centers. I literally see you sitting over a college one day. I see you like a dean of a university. The Lord says, he shall set you. Like mm, scripture says, and Holder the prophetess was over the college in Jerusalem. It's the only time in scripture a college is mentioned and a prophetess is named to run it. God shall set you as a prophetess to run a school that kids shall graduate from and learn the ways of God. You shall sit over it. And the Lord says, your books shall be read around the world. And they shall learn the voice of the Lord through you. And they shall learn worship at your feet. For the Lord has anointed you for such a time as this. This gentleman in the green, yes, sir. I just hear this. Trust the word of the Lord. For the Lord has promised you that he was going to take care of you. Trust the word of the Lord. I see God opening up water all around your feet. Trust the word of the Lord. He's going to provide. He's going to bless. and He's going to restore. You shall be a vehicle of blessing. Trust the word of the Lord. The Lord is with you, sir. My young sister sitting right here in front of him. Oh, yes, yes. You worshiping machine. You singing face you. As much as I see worship over you, I kept seeing something else as well. I kept seeing you looking at money and economies and looking at currency. The Lord says he's anointing you to understand how money works. How currency flows. It's almost as though somebody would study stock markets and currency and money and banking and investment. God says he's going to put an anointing on you. 
to understand how it all works. And in the midst of that, he's going to put wealth in your hand. For you have always told the Lord, if you give me the money to do it, I will build houses for the rejected, the abused, and the forgotten. So the Lord says, because you told him what you would do, he shall give you what you need. Does that word make sense to you? Okay. Wait, there's more that goes with it. So the Lord says, you shall begin to have dreams. And in those dreams, you shall wake up and sing a song out of your dreams. Have a recorder always by your bed for you're about to sing songs and those songs will open up the money that will lead you to the people who will teach you about investment that will bring you to the place of wealth to do what God has given you. The Lord says you've got the first, I just keep saying this, it's like the first three songs are already there. Now he's going to give you the rest. You are where he wants to settle. Keep settling in him. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Woo! Okay. We got to get out of here. (laughs) I love this house. I thank God for this house. (laughs) The Lord is with you. The greatest days you have ever seen, Pastor Dave, Pastor Deborah, the greatest days you've ever seen are just beginning. I saw the two of you, and I have to say how I saw it. I saw the Lord Tying the two of you to the front of a ship. You remember that scene in Titanic? I'm king of the world. I saw the Lord tying the two of you to the front of this huge ship. And I saw the two of you saying to the Lord, we don't need this. We don't need to do this. We just want to go bless them. And I saw the Lord say, no, but all of this has to go with you. And the ship was filled With forgotten destinies. It was destinies from all of these places around the world that others had forgotten to finish. Words people forgot and let lay on the ground. Gifts God sent from heaven, but they never manifested. And the Lord kept saying, I've got to tie this to the two of them because they're the two who've been faithful to serve the places everybody forgot. Every harvest... Every blessing, every anointing, and every treasure that sank to the ground that others didn't finish, God says he's going to give it to you because it delights him to bless you. And God's tying you to blessing you never asked for. But he's going to let it follow you all the days of your life. It's a good season, but greater is coming. Greater is coming. I have to say... Pastor Ryan, Pastor Desiree, I have to say this to you. I keep seeing the Lord smiling over you. And I heard the Lord say he's so pleased with what you are doing for him that he's going to breathe and cause heaven to follow you. And the breath of the Lord is going to follow you and rest on you. And so specifically, the Lord says, begin to write out what you're going to do in the whole city. For permission will be granted you to change the lives of children and to rescue families that have been broken. God is going to give to you what's been in your heart the whole time, but he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to bring it to pass. Oh, yes. I grew up with 22 kids. That ain't moving me. (laughs) Last word I'm hearing. This gentleman here, the white hair. 
I hear this. The Lord says, be strong and of good courage. The Lord shall strengthen your days. He shall fill your life. and He shall empower you for you have been a pillar for him in the house of the Lord. You have shown yourself righteous and you have held your hands to the plow and you did not turn back. The Lord says, now be sure. He has heard the prayers of the people. I don't know what he said. He, I've heard the prayers of my people and I shall honor this man and I shall cause his life to become a testimony of miraculous intervention from heaven. God shall intervene. God shall give you a miracle and God shall answer you for the Lord is on your side. The blessing of the Lord is with you. Oh, such a pleasure, such an honor to be in this house. I honor you. I bless you. We declare the blessing of the Lord increase and not diminish. Blessing without the struggle that has been. For the Lord says the struggle was to make you, but now dominion shall increase you. And I see your lines going out to new nations. I see the tent being increased and I see people coming from the four corners of the earth saying we have found here our fathers and our mothers bring us into the presence of God. The blessing of the Lord be upon the mission. The glory of the Lord rest upon the leadership here, their families, their children and their grandchildren. May God keep you strong and in health, full of joy and life. And may you wake up every day knowing that he is with you and you are with him. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, well, well. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Well, just take a minute, bless the person next to you, and take it home with you and impact the world. Let the river flow out of you. Can we do that? All right, Jesus, thank you that you are a river, and we let it out of us. Bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen.